Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 468, and today I'll be talking about the end of the beginning, from Unicorn, Warriors Eternal. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, with a, with a name like the end of the beginning, and with a, with an ending like that, I'm just gonna say, um, really, really brave choice if this was always meant to be the end of the series. Yep, it's placing the bets, and... Uh, for the few dozens of people who <laughs> saw me make a video about this back when uh back when we were putting out more YouTube content, uh, it is it is a sensitive topic for me. Like hedging your bets and trying to make a cartoon with uh with you know limited budget and scope and like just playing cards with your audience. Because here we go, we weren't just given a mini series; we were truly given part one of a series. No, part of part one of a series. Right. There's, it's an interesting place to be to say, I believe as a creator that I'm going to get more seasons, so I'm going to leave it on a cliffhanger. I will say that it doesn't seem like that bet pays out over time. So I'm going to give people these days the benefit of the doubt and say, if they end their show like this, they hopefully really expect another uh, you know season to come along. Because uh, network execs don't care at all if fans yeah. are left hanging, right? Like, they don't care. <laughs> like, especially in streaming, that's the meme, right? That these things get left on ridiculous cliffhangers. Yeah, you'd think Gendy, of all people, would be, like, supremely aware after Symbionic Titan that, you know, maybe his show's gonna end after one season. And, you know, it would be nice if they could have just left it on, you know, like if Melinda had been able to save her mother, and then we just left the viewer to imagine what might have happened after that. I guess he also got Samurai Jack, though, so, you know, all he has to wait is 15 years or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, there, There is the joke that we did about how many Hotel Transylvanias is it going to take for uh, Season 2 of Unicorn. Because I guess we're not getting season two of Symbionic Titans, so Unicorn is the next show we need to rescue. I will say, though, without the, you know, we're not even talking about this episode, where it's just a total meta discussion. But I, I think just given the resources this show even had in the first place, I believe they can get more. Uh, you know, it, this is already such a uh, niche and weird show that we've, <laughs> you know, spent time breaking down just how niche and different it is but uh, as i recently saw online in a discussion more about like tech products <laughs> about the weird new ps5 handheld controller you might see something and think uh you know no one's going to get a a, a wii u gamepad effectively for their ps5 that's too niche but uh, you'd be surprised niche doesn't necessarily mean small you know there might be a hundred thousand five hundred thousand people out there willing to pay for max and watch this show and that might be enough you know stupid network penetration in order to give the execs one more reason to to sign off so i'm i'm hopeful you know in the same way that somehow summer camp islands hung around and somehow maybe i'm still gonna get more seasons of being puppycat well summer camp island had already been created like the season was over and done and they held it hostage for a year before they finally released it. Well, stateside, anyway. 
but they released it. Well, I just think that that show is another example of, honestly, it's a miracle because it feels like it's made for me and almost no one else. <laughs> like, I'm not for even sure too. children want it as much. Like, it's so explicitly, seemingly aimed at children, and yet it feels like the mildness and the specific themes of it you know, appeal to the audience that is people who podcast and talk about cartoons. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not edgy enough. Children will think, oh, this stuff is for babies. And Susie would agree with them. And they did make it a little edgier in that fifth season. Yeah. I'll give them that. But uh, as for this episode, I did promise you wolves who can fly. I love that Winston got a helicopter tail. Hey, power upgrades. They do happen after a decade or so spent lost in, you know, abstract time and space. Oof. Yeah, I, I don't know why the, the evil waited until it was uh, losing the fight to pounce and change things. Very, uh, very polite of it to wait until Emma was able to get back with the team, you know? Well, it wasn't waiting. It had just done a complete takeover. Well, you know, they, they they sounded like they'd been just surviving there for a while. Like, nope, nope, fight's over, Emma. We're done. Right, right. They they were at the tail end of losing, right. Whereas the yeah. evil was completely thriving, although not thriving to the point of having actually changed reality yet, because Emma doesn't see any trace of that. I mean, we can we can hope that maybe it had started to do something bad because, like, the the doctor and just the way Emma's parents were acting was quite unkind. And while I'm assuming the intent is that, yeah, they would have always done this, uh, we can say maybe it was the influence of the evil. Although, if we're getting dinosaurs and spaceships, I don't think corrupting Emma's parents is where the evil's head was at, you know? Yeah, that's a theory. But yeah, I kind of agree with the counterpoint (laughs) you provided, which is, it doesn't appear the evil is, while it directly controls people's bodies in an evil way, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be trying to influence, you know, the world at large for people to generally be mean to each other. I do think the development of both Emma's mom and dad, but specifically her dad, being a little more um, blind and uncaring (laughs) i don't know these aren't the best the best words to describe them they 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 care for their daughter and we've only seen them very sappily and saccharinely you know upset you know we even saw them at the end of uh previous episode like just completely down in the pits They're, they're depressed without her but the moment she's back in their arms they're not completely controlling but they are pretty resolute in agreeing that She's just mentally disturbed now, and... Things are going back to normal, and we're sending you back to the nice men in white coats who will do things to you until you agree that magic is not real. To be fair, Fairfax did try just giving her tea and a bath. So, they didn't immediately turn to, you know, violent psychiatric (laughs) measures. But, uh, it got there. And, well, the doctor's henchmen probably weren't maybe up to Fairfax, you know, exact specifications. They might have been a little more giddy and wild <laughs> than, than he would have prescribed, but whatever. It did lead to a really awesome chase sequence, though. <laughs> Love seeing characters yeah. get strapped in straight jackets and then, you know, 
still have a daring escape. Giving her best who Dee impression. I love that we finally got to see our uh, descendants of the previous hosts, that they turned out to be such magic fanboys. <laughs> that, that, that was a fun transformation, too, in this episode. So I guess that was a little bit of a trade-off. We see the Fairfax parents uh, be a little disappointing. But these two are total geeks. So, you know, we previously saw them as... Legendary! <laughs> Everything's legendary to them, you know. Which makes sense. They haven't had much going on in their lives. They've waited to become embodied with the souls of their, you know, ancestors, and then that never happens. So, you know, once they start spreading off, oh, what magical items can make a tunnel back into, you know, and then they're just <laughs> freaking out. Uh, what about, oh, no, 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 there's, th- 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 that sword's been lost forever. So it was sweet to see them, you know, get to see the magic elf kingdom and everything. And see just how how well, I, I think Emma was a little indiscreet with her blackmail of Aelwulf there because it's like now he's gonna have to answer questions like well what really did happen that uh she was blackmailing you with man like they all heard that uh yeah (laughs) I that's cartoon logic honestly because everyone was in earshot but it seems like they'll just immediately forget oh well I mean I I think that probably Probably the best course he could take is just say, you know, look, um, before my brother died, you know, he he swore me to secrecy about this. You know, it's a matter of family honor. And, you know, the the, the heart would have killed her if her story was untrue anyway. It was very uncharitable of me not to send her straight there. (laughs) Wow. I mean, besides honor, was there any actual consequence for her using that? Like, it risked her own life. But he seemed very concerned that the the heart only has so much energy and it all belongs to us. Quit being greedy. Right. It's kind of hard to say that the energy is limited, though, or would put the kingdom at risk of invasion. So I don't know. He was definitely concerned that she was going to take for the betterment of all existence uh, energy that was meant for the betterment of the Northern Elf Clan. Yeah, it felt more like just the nuance in there where you're saying it's for one purpose over another. I don't think it's a finite resource. I think it's just allocated for them. So, whatever. But, uh, you know, Emma, she did try to say it affected, you know, the the well-being of the entire planet or all of reality. Well, you see how far she got with her father with that argument. (laughs) Yeah, which, uh, by the way, is Emma... Does she have a strong background in science? That was impressive. Like I, I was, I was wondering about that. It's, it's like I, my mind immediately went to the Wee Baby Bears cartoon, the episode where they're at the the university for very small children, and uh, Ice Bear discovers the formula for spontaneous wormholes, and it's like, yeah, that's. I think that's what she was trying to do because in that show. If you draw the equation on a chalkboard, you literally get your wormhole right then and there. <laughs> I I do wish they had dropped something about Emma's background. I, I, I'll take that because she's from a little bit of an elite socialite background, she could have some kind of higher education. And also I'll take that their world is a steampunk technology world, so maybe there's some more advanced science and mathematics available, you know, to this class. But... 
it is a little, you know, they only play it for comedy that her father walks in on her in the bathroom and she scrawled all this nonsense on the wall. But uh, again, it, it, it's she does. She says that phrase of something about it, you know, being the confluence of science and magic. Like this is magic as science, blah, 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 blah. And it just it feels like it's supposed to be connecting to a theme that they didn't develop that much <laughs> in this season. You know, her personal realization that there's a connection or understanding there, which, you know, is played on more in this episode, too, because she goes to the district of all the, you know, not magicians, but all the magic mystic rows, mystic row, and, you know, has it explained to her that all these people are charlatans. Well, duh. And she's like, you literally did it before, man. Right, but not of his own volition. So I, 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 I do feel for the guy there. Like, he is right. He can't do anything for her, and it was a complete accident that anything happened before. I mean, he doesn't even believe that what happened was magical. I guess he convinced himself that he was mistaken, because he clearly he clearly realized there was an evil spirit at the time. I mean, I think he's just afraid. I mean, he's still afraid of her. That's why he pushes her to go away. Mm-hmm. Or at least my view would be he he does believe that there's bad stuff going on with her, but one, he can't help her, and two, she might hurt him, so... Oh, yeah. Get the heck away from me. And then, uh, of course, we have our monk demonstrate that his kung fu is strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. I, yeah, I... Wait, you're referring to the the monk whose name I don't remember who helped in the in the chase sequence. I, yeah, I didn't catch either of their names. Yeah, uh, he beat up the assistants. Yeah, yeah, he proved very useful, so I'll give him that. <laughs> I did like his little, they had their fake Copernicus getaway car that, uh, you know, has all the same gizmos as, as Copernicus, so. And he just sits there smiling like it's, uh, you think it's an, oh, they left without me kind of a smile, but in fact it's a, yeah, I'm just waiting for them to grapple me. Yeah, I don't know how often they practice using their getaway car, but he seemed extremely confident. So, good for him. Yep, and she had very good aim. I mean, they, they probably don't have much to do other than drills, so probably more often than you might think. <laughs> that makes sense. Ooh, but they they finally, after, they get, after Emma gets sent back to the, the cosmic realm, she takes a ride on a, on a flying wolf and, um, Copernicus cares about her. He doesn't want to put her at risk. <laughs> yep, despite all the condensation, he manages to <laughs> push through his emotions and do what Steven Universe was... Well, I was going to say what Steven Universe wasn't brave enough to do, uh, because I wanted in Steven Universe all of the characters to fuse. You know, we only fused all the main ones at the end, right? Just the Crystal Gems. You wanted more than just Obsidian? Right, I'm like... What happens if all of Beach City fuses? Uh, th this show, because there's only these principal characters, I'll say I got my wish. Everyone fused. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, it's funny because, unlike in Steven Universe, I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, what the heck? Why was this the solution? It's funny that they have a little discussion that floats. Of course this was the obvious conclusion, right? Like, <laughs> Emma tries to convince us that, this makes sense. We need to all be in one body and then we'll become some sort of awesome magical being because that's what happened when Melinda and Emma combined. And, you know, I'll I'll take that logic. And it was a 
good theory because it, it turned out to be extremely helpful for, well, not really making much of a dent in the evil, but... I don't know, you see how it was able to backhand the walkers, and if if they'd been willing to do bad things to, to save all of time and existence, they could have won right then and there. Well, that's true. If they just struck the evil in the heart and killed her mother, maybe that would effectively kill it, because it seems like that is the exclusive source of power for the evil, is is just her mother's body. So maybe that's why it's a face. It has no body of its own. I, I, that, that's an interesting idea. I, what did you think of all those faces in, in the electric energy clouds? It was quite emotional seeing, uh, Melinda, Emma's face. Yes, yes. I don't know. I, I was too hung up on how awesome the, uh, the wolf head was. It's like, I'm serious Anubis vibes and I love it. So I think the wolf form is really cool. I think it's strange though that because one of the, characters is a wolf already it feels like a little bit like he's overpowering and influencing that group so it wasn't you know some kind of amalgamation of them it was you know just a cool wolf and one of the characters is already a werewolf but uh I, like you said it looks more like anubis so it's it's a way different form i i guess yeah. it also harkens a little bit to the fox lady in a sense like hmm. this kind of um I don't know, these mystic dog creatures, things in the canine family? Maybe? I don't know. It's possible, I'll give you that, but... I mean, let's face it, um, we already had the minions of Set from Samurai Jack, so... Gendy knows what he likes. Right, I guess he just likes Egyptian stuff. Well, you, you, did, you did see, um, I believe there were pyramids there when, the, when they made it back to the new reality. That's true too. Which, by the way, I just love what, like, for that scene, they had to make some choices on what would be the most evident that the timelines have been screwed with, and they went with volcano, dinosaurs, pyramids, and even more futuristic laser technology. <laughs> Those were the four things that showed that. Oh, and an airplane. An airplane instead of, because in the steampunk world, I think they only have uh, zeppelins. So. Yeah, balloons, dirigibles, they yep. call them. Very, very sophisticated. Observing the image a little more, they do also have a castle that's on hmm. fire. And the futuristic city just has a vibe of more futurism. Like there's a few towers with red lights on them, kind of like cell phone towers. So that's fun. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, definitely not what I expected to have happen at all. A very interesting way to end your series, as I said at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because, much like combining all the characters, it, it does skip past some things. Because part of the premise of this show that Kennedy pitched is sort of how it would have longevity you know, over even more than just a few seasons was, you know, these characters can do battles over time, you know, through all the different millennia and all these different scenarios. Well, this just upends that and says, no, it's all happening all at once. And so it's hard to imagine what you do after, like, season two seems like it would also be the final season, because once you deal with the complete mixture of all of reality, and you also now have to deal with 
all of your characters po- probably fusing more in the future, or we're probably going to get more wacky with, you know, that aspect. Uh, you know, where else can you go? So this really, to me, that's why I kind of think of it as part one from earlier. If we do get a follow-up to this season, it feels like it's the part two. Because I don't know what else they can do from here. I feel a little bit like, was it Edred who was wondering? Or was it Emma wondering more about, like, their eternalness? Like, how much longer is this really going to go on, they wondered in that train car. I don't see a path forward past this dilemma, but then again, it might be that they start off in this present crazy, confused day, and then maybe they need to, you know, travel across other time periods or other dimensions of time periods in order to untangle this mess, which could, you know, lend itself to a longer format. I I don't know. Hey, we can dream. Lackadaisy managed to raise $2 million for a uh, five 11-minute episode season one so uh anything is possible in the world of animation if uh people know you got the goods and i think people know gendy's got the goods so uh, he signed away the rights to unicorn warriors eternal but if he's got any other pet projects he's been uh super excited to do maybe he could uh work a web comic and uh get people stoked yeah i this would also lend very well to that because you could just write infinite stories about you know, the warriors prior to this, while giving some hints of, you know, what the evil is about, or more hints on, you know, the Merlin-Melinda dynamic, or anything like that. This would lend itself so well to a monthly comic book series, like at IDW or somewhere. Totally. But, unfortunately, it's over. I haven't heard anything about a second season ever happening, although... Like I said, the ending is basically screaming, we want a second season. So I guess we'll just wait. And if it, if it launches, it launches. Yeah, until then, plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of other animated projects are coming up, even on, on Mac. So hopefully, hopefully the future of animation is bright on this platform. And hopefully that keeps Unicorn going. But uh, we'll see. If not, maybe we'll talk, be talking about <laughs> the... Hotel Transylvania, a <laughs> TV series. <laughs> it's, look, anything's possible. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on the end of the beginning. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 